Thank you. Um, so um, I've got a PowerPoint, so hopefully this will work. And as I said, afterwards, um, we can have a discussion, if that's okay. Um, I'm just going to press continue here. Um, tell me if this is working, by the way, or not. <clears throat> I've got to um, share screen, haven't I, Steve? Can you see that? Mm, yes. Ah. Can you see that? Yeah. So here we have Esther, I presume. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not too sure about her headdress. Um, but um, yeah, each one to their own. Um, so the message of Esther. And it's uh, lovely to hear actually how the ladies have been studying Esther on Friday evenings. So, ladies, I'm sure you've got uh, insights and, and help in terms of discussion afterwards um, because you've been studying this book. Um, so, chapter one is an introduction. Um, it's not the the main um, meat, as it were, not the centre of the uh, the story. It's just giving a, an introduction to to the message of Esther. Um, to be honest, it's been quite difficult. Um, for me to think how I can fit other bits of the Bible in and uh, what we can get actually from it. But I have actually got some things and the Lord's used that, which is great. So I put God's people endangered, um, chapter one, because uh, they are um, they are endangered in uh, a kingdom um, which is very, very powerful, as we see. So let's go to the opening scene. Um, Christopher Ash in his book uh, says it's uh, like a, a camera, like a video um, cinema and uh, you go in and out, pan in and out. And um, here we see um, powerful pomp versus one to nine, powerful pomp. So I hope you can see this. Um, so this is the setting of Esther and um, King Xerxes uh, as we read, sorry if it's mispronounced, I'm not good at pronouncing foreign names, um, uh, but you know who I mean, or Ahasuerus in the ESV, um, that's his Hebrew name, uh, the Xerxes is from the Greek, I think, um, he's the chief protagonist, I did actually read one book which suggested it wasn't him, it was Arta Xerxes um, later on, um, but I think um, we'll go with Xerxes um, and you can see on the timeline there um, he reigned from 486 BC to 465 BC um, his father was Darius as you can see on the timeline and his grandfather was Cyrus who was the uh, the founder of the um, the kingdom of Persia and Media um, that's when the Jews went back to the temple to rebuild the walls. And as you can see on the graph, um, the temple was rebuilt at the bottom there, 520 to 516 um, BC, when, uh, when Darius was in charge. Um, so a bit about this character. We, we do have um, extra biblical sources, a guy called Herodotus, if that's his right name, um, a Greek guy. Um, wrote about King Xerxes. So we know that he was uh, a tyrant. Um, he um, would be a violent man, um, tempestuous. 
uh, we see that actually in verse 12. If you look at verse 12, um, he actually became furious and burned with anger when Vashti didn't come to him. So we know that he was whimsical, um, capricious. So he, he was very changeable, like the weather, mercurial. Um, um, he would, uh, yeah, it, it, it was dangerous for the people of God in, in those times. You didn't know what was going to happen. And apparently he was a womanizer as well. So um, he's not a very nice character, um, to say the least. Um, but it, I think Herodotus said he, at times he was wise. So he, he had some wisdom uh, there. So the, the context of this is uh, 483 BC. So three years um, after he's uh, been in power. Um, uh, we can see it on the graph as well. Um, the New Year's festival Queen Vashti rejected. Um, so the context, as I said, God's people are dispersed in this kingdom of Persia and media. Um, some are back in Jerusalem, um, but not many. And it's just uh, that's just that small pocket in Judah. Um, so that, that's the situation as we come into Esther. Um, so it, it's tough. It's uh, God's people living under exile again, um, like in Egypt, um, under a dangerous ruler. There are relatively small, beleaguered people and um, they couldn't escape. Um, Christopher Ash um, talks about this, how um, you know, they didn't have a helicopter or planes to fly out of the kingdom um, or buses. They just only could uh, walk. Um, of course, we have cars and we can drive and go different places these days. Though COVID stopped that from certain ex to a certain extent. Um, but they couldn't escape. They were in the kingdom of Persia and media. They, they couldn't just go anywhere else. That was the known world was Persia and media. Um, there was a there was a pocket in Greece that hadn't been occupied that the Greeks had. Um, so that, that's the situation under um, uh, a powerful man in, in the empire. Verse one, it says that, doesn't it? Um, there's a lot of ruling uh, the royal throne. So. Yeah, not a nice guy. So this is a picture um, a map, sorry, of the Persian Empire um, as it was. So, as we see from verse one, it said it stretched from India to Kush. I think it's uh, I read in present day Pakistan, actually, to um, North Sudan. So it was a um, massive empire. Um, you can even have an empire within an empire, really, because it was so big, um, though um, it wasn't it hasn't it wasn't the biggest that's ever been. Um, the British Empire apparently is the biggest empire that's ever been. Um, but uh, at that time, it was the empire um, uh, yeah, of the known world. And we, we see that the king has this banquet. Um, we don't know why, but um, historians have said, well, um, he, he did prepare um, to invade Greece at this time. So um, he wanted to get his, uh, uh, as we see there, verse three, the princes, nobles and provinces um, to be on his side for an invasion. Um, we don't know for certain from the text, but um, from history, he, he did that. Um, and he failed. Um, so the camera pans into Sousa. Do you see Sousa in the middle of your screen, more or less? 
um, not far from Babylon, is in present day Iran. Um, and um, it's, it zooms into the citadel. Um, so you have to be careful. It wasn't just, it's not just a whole city like Brighton and Hove. It's, it's right into the, um, the fortified parts. Um, Christopher Ash talks about how it would be, for example, in London, it would be Buckingham Palace, MI5, MI6, the House of Parliament, um, surrounded by a big fence uh, of walls. Um, so this is where the power base is um, for the uh, the Persian Empire. Susa was the capital in the winter. Um, so the, uh, the king would winter there and it was so hot um, in the summer that um, he, he, he had a different city um, elsewhere. I'm not too sure where, but um, that's what you did if you were a king. Um, you traveled wherever you wanted. Um, yeah, the, so there were different uh, cities in different places at different times. Um, so that's where we are in Susa. So let's get into the text. Um, what was the empire like? Well, we see from verse four um, that uh, he puts on this banquet for 180 days. Oh, my. That's six months. Um, what a banquet. Um, surely they didn't eat every day. I mean, that would be extreme gourmandizing, wouldn't it? Um, can you imagine the um, problems with health? after six months of eating and feasting um you know the uh, you'd be so large wouldn't you um and uh i don't know what sort of health complaints you would have um so i've, I've never heard of a uh, a banquet going on for six months um and imagine the cost to the empire you must have been very rich and um it's it's for his show isn't it verse four yeah, yeah. Um, we see that to display the vast wealth of his kingdom and the splendor and glory of his majesty. So there's a lot of ego here, pomposity at his greatest, really. Um, it's it's the, the glory of him and his kingdom. Very self-centered, King Xerxes. And it's laughably opulent, isn't it? I don't know if you laughed when Christopher read it, but um, it's it's incredible. Um Verse six uh, and seven in particular, you've got these uh, this this lovely garden with blue and white linen, um, these materials on silver rings, marble pillars, couches of gold and silver, um, mosaic pavement of porphyry. Porphyry, by the way, is um, was an ancient precious stone in Egypt. And there are other ones, marble, mother of pearl, costly stones. Not only that, but each goblet of gold is different from another. I mean, how many goblets did they have? How many people came to this party? I mean, that's just incredible how the mind boggles, really. Um, how on earth did, did they do this? Um, and uh, he's so liberal. The wine is flowing. Um, what comes close, really, um, in terms of the beautiful decor, I guess the temple in um, which, which we'd be thinking about in Jerusalem would be near in terms of the uh, the gold and the silver, etc. And perhaps perhaps Babylon um, is similar. Um, 
Babylon became came before the the Persian Empire. Perhaps Buckingham Palace um, today, you would see all this um, amazing um, costly stones, etc. You'd be wowed by it. But I think we're meant to laugh. Um, the writer um, is telling us, um, and how he shows off, and even to the least of the greatest, it says um, in the text. In, in verse five. So um, everybody could see this. What a show off. And then verse nine, um, Queen Vashti enters the scene and um, she also gives a banquet for the women in the royal palace. Apparently this is a bit strange for the time. This would not happen. Normally you have women and men together, but um, this was a bit bizarre. So from us, for us, from a Christian perspective, a few things. I can't see my writing here. Oh. Um, the world attracts, doesn't it? It can suck us in. Um, wealth. Possessions. Um, ah. Power, status, sexual pleasure. Being seen with the crowds. Um I think this empire represents the world um, that we live in. Um, it promises much, but gives little. Um, only true satisfaction uh, as a believer is through Christ, through, through knowing him. Um, he gives us uh, unending pleasures. Only he can satisfy us. Um, I've been reading Hebrews and uh, I'd like to read Hebrews 11, 24 to 26, talking about Moses, um, the hall of faith. Moses is a good example for us because it says, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. And. Uh, yeah, he was looking forward to a, a better reward. Um, so I think he's a good example for us as as believers to realize that the world's pleasures are fleeting. Uh, we can enjoy them, um, but they are, are uh, they're here and then they're gone. Um, we've got to have a right Christian perspective. And there's nothing wrong with them, uh, riches, but they do fade, as I said. And we need to get this perspective. Um, we need to be looking forward to the, the new heaven and the new earth, um, where there'll be unending bliss. And in, in Matthew 6, I'll read that, that famous passage, Matthew 6, 19 to 21. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's a challenging word for us, isn't it? Where are our treasures? 
uh, where are we storing up, hopefully, treasures in heaven? And we have to remember there's going to be a great wedding feast, isn't it? Isn't there? Um, at the end of time. And this is a much better eternal banquet. Um, so we have to have that perspective. There's, uh, there's that great wedding supper of the Lamb. And I think it's a similar situation for us um, living um, as we, we do in this, this era. Um, I think we are a marginalised minority um, in a secular society, um, a bit like the, the Jews at that time. Um, and we can feel oppressed. Um, later, actually, we, we can think about that, so perhaps in the, the work setting. Um, and, uh, and God's kingdom is opposite. Um, his glory was shown in weakness. Um, the cross um, was the opposite of verse four, um, when uh, the king was saying, look, look at me, look at my fantastic kingdom, aren't I amazing? Um, well, Jesus didn't come like that, did he? He came as a baby in a manger, um, dirty, smelly, um, wasn't, uh, there was no pomp. Um, it was a very different way. Um, he left the glory of heaven to be to be here and live on earth and lived a, a homeless life. Um, very different, uh, the kingdom of God, to uh, the one which we see here in chapter one. Humbleness. And also another good point is that um, these lifeless objects, these inanimate gold goblets versus God's creation. Um, I think uh, God's creation is is more beautiful than uh, lifeless things. Um, you know, we can see the, the nature like, like we did today. I'm looking out now, see my my garden and it is beautiful. Um, and uh, I think uh, we, we have that perspective, don't we, that actually, um, yeah. God's creation is, is far better than uh, these, these lifeless objects, though they can be beautiful. Um, and I think it's, uh, as I said, the, as I say this, the, the church is scattered throughout the world. It's a similar picture um, to the one we see in chapter one of the scattered church, uh, the Jews, should I say, in, in, uh, in the Persian Empire. So let's move on from the text. <laughs> You can turn back to Esther, verses 10 to 22. Um, I've entitled it Not So Powerful Pomp. So how does the empire treat its subjects? Well, he castrates some of them. Did you see that in verse 10? Um there are seven eunuchs, um, which I don't think is very nice, isn't it, to uh, um, to treat your subjects like that. Uh, yeah. And he treats women as sex objects in verse 11. Um, so the king is in high spirits, drunk too much wine. And uh, I you can imagine the, the men around him. Um, perhaps uh, boasting about their um, prowess and uh, 
perhaps the women they've had. And he says, oh, get Queen Vashti. See my king, Queen. She's the, the best of the best. Look at her. She's so beautiful. Um, and uh, it, it's funny that uh, he, he has to send seven people, eunuchs, to, to fetch her. Um, yeah, and she, they, they want, he wants her to display her beauty to the people and nobles, but she was lovely to look at. So, yeah, as I said, I think we're supposed to laugh. He doesn't need seven eunuchs, does he? He just needs one. And the king does not have complete control, as we see. Um, again, it's laughable, isn't it? He has this vast empire um, rule so many people, um, so much terrain, and yet his wife doesn't obey him. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a bit of a facade, isn't it? The power, a bit of a hologram. Um, you can see through it now. We don't have to fear so much. And another seven um, we see in verse fourteen. The seven advisors this time they come. Um, again, why does he need seven advisors? But uh, they, um, they give him advice about this uh, because his wife doesn't obey him. And they say there will be no end of disrespect and discords in the kingdom. Um, because of this. Um, it seems a bit over the top, to be honest, isn't it? Um, shows his insecurity. And then there's a law set in place um, that uh, all women should um, respect their husbands from the least to the greatest. Verse 20, there's an edict proclaimed. Um, again, it seems ridiculous. Um, and ironically, Vashti gets her wish. He doesn't have to go in and see the queen, a uh, king, sorry. Um, that's what she wanted anyway. And it's sent through the realm. Um, what must the people have thought receiving this? Um, uh, is this is this real? Is this king a, a clown? Um, uh, yeah, you can understand why he did it, but um, it, it seems, yeah, ridiculous that he had to do this. So, in application, to finish. Um, I think we can see that uh, God works behind the scenes implicitly through through Esther. Um, he works in unbelievers, um, his advisors, uh, King Xerxes, uh, the law that cannot be repealed leads to Esther coming in in next chapter. Um, again, it points to a better king. We need a better king, um, much better than King Xerxes. And thank God we have the perfect one. And we can praise Christ for his wonderful attributes, so different from King Xerxes. We have a benevolent, benevolent, loving, gracious God who is not capricious. I think we need divine wisdom in how we conduct ourselves in a secular society these days. Um, it's not easy. We sometimes make mistakes. Um, it must be difficult for the Jews. Um, let's think of and pray for those who live in similarly different uh, dangerous countries like Victor and Judith in Turkey 
um, uh, living under um, perhaps an oppressive regime where the leader is fairly capricious. And I think we, we, we could apply a similar situation in the workplace, as I said, um, you know, perhaps you have a capricious boss. Um, that's a very tough to work under uh, a person like that and much wisdom is needed. So there's some of my thoughts. So anybody like to, I think perhaps we have a whole, um, what do you call it? Whole church discussion rather than separate rooms because of time. <laughs>